Hi, everybody. It's Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain. I'm here with Colin Pape. Now, I've been watching these guys for a while. They contacted me. And if you've ever had, and I think it's fairly logical to have a couple of questions about the objectivity of search engines. Uh, if you ever want to question the objectivity of search engines, you can search for one Stefan Molyneux, say, on Google and be uh, the gateway to hell opens. Basically, there's just like a crypt keeper there. There are flames in the background and you're lured to some place where you drink Kool-Aid and your head explodes from whatever, right? So I've been sort of exploring and very interested in alternative search engines. And I've looked at the others, you know, sort of DuckDuckGo and, and uh, uh, other places. But so... I think you guys have a differentiator. Now, full disclosure, I have no investment, no contact with, no interest in, not getting paid for any of this stuff. I just, I really like to highlight cool technology and anything to me that is kind of on the blockchain-y side of things, I'm massively interested in at the moment. So, uh, Colin, thanks for taking the time today. And um, let, let's start it off with the fabled elevator pitch. You know, like we're trapped in an elevator. I have a zillion dollars. Uh, and and what's, the, um, what's the story with the company? Thanks, Stefan. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, so PreSearch is a decentralized search engine. Uh, we have a cryptocurrency token called the PreToken. That's kind of the heart of the ecosystem. Uh, we reward people in PreSearch tokens for switching to PreSearch. So as you search, you earn free tokens. And then uh, our infrastructure to make things uh, more you know, censorship resistant and resilient uh, it's built on a, a platform of user nodes so people can install software on their computer and then that helps us to uh, get the information that we provide to searchers and so those people get rewarded in pre-search tokens as well and then kind of to close the loop on the ecosystem because so far we've just been giving tokens to create the demand for them uh, we built out an advertising platform that uses something called keyword staking so uh, normally with Google, uh, it's super expensive if you want to use their advertising platform. Uh, you bid on a keyword, your ad shows up, they kind of throw you into an auction environment. They basically extract the maximum that you could possibly pay for that term. And then every time somebody clicks on it, uh, you're, you're paying that amount. Uh, with the keyword staking platform, uh, it uses this concept called staking, where you're not actually spending your tokens you're just uh, kind of locking them to a term. So if I wanted to uh, stake against the term decentralization, I would type decentralization. I would say, hey, I want to uh, stake, you know, 10,000 pre-search tokens. And if nobody is staking more than me, then my ad will show up. And then whenever somebody clicks on the ad, uh, the traffic is actually free. There's no cost. So uh, it's uh, a model that, you know, aligns all the interests of the ecosystem and uh, it's founded by libertarians, so it's uh, a little bit more neutral. Already has my interest. Okay, so normally Colin and I would interface using an RS-232 cable to have the geek talk here. For those of you who don't know, I, was, uh, I started coding when I was 11 years old, bought my first computer, and uh, I uh, co-founded and was the chief technical officer of a software company, head R&D coder and all that kind of stuff. So I've got some fairly flying fingers when it comes to coding. And one thing that's always kind of baffled me, Colin, is... Search engines. I mean, <laughs> look, I get the complicated nature of bidding for keywords and, and serving up uh, ads and all that kind of stuff. But isn't it sim like I, I'm, I'm thinking and this is my naivete. So obviously, correct me where I'm astray. But my thinking is, here's the PowerPoint for a search engine company. Number one, index stuff. Number two, show it when asked. 
I mean, maybe I'm sure it's way more complicated than that. But can you sort of step me through the ecosystem of what it means to to scrape and store and allow for neutral searches? Yeah, it's 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 actually super complicated and and challenging, which is really why there's there's basically you know kind of two search actual real you know at scale search engines in the world. You've got Google and you've you've got Bing. Uh, the you know the amount of data that uh, is required to kind of uh, have what they call the, the long tail of search covered, which is, you know, the billions and billions of web pages and the, the obscure search terms and uh, the new combinations of search terms. Uh, that is really where the challenge lies. There's, there's kind of head queries, like the top 100,000 queries. That is, you know, a lot easier because there's, you know, 100,000 to a couple hundred thousand of them. But when you're talking, you know, tens of billions or hundreds of billions of potential queries, uh, and then all different languages and uh, all the the other things, and then people trying to game the system. Uh, there's there's actually a lot really uh, involved that happens behind the scenes. And so, yeah, basically the way a search engine wait, generally wait, wait. Okay, works. Hang on. So, so I, I mean, yeah. those seem to me issues. And again, I'm I can feel my hair getting what's left of it getting more pointy Dilbert style. Yeah. Isn't that a matter of scale rather than complexity? In other words, you need a whack ton of storage, you need a whack ton of bandwidth, and you need a whack ton of processors to, to process all of this stuff. But isn't it more scale than complexity? Again, I'm sure it's not, but but tell me where, where that's wrong. Yeah, it, it, it's it's both. Uh, but uh, the, the complexity, I mean, even just uh, being able to crawl all the different websites and then uh, have webmasters not block you, for instance, that alone is is a massive challenge uh, because you're, you're basically consuming the server resources, and there you basically need to ensure that you know your your uh, queries to scrape that information are throttled so that you're not overwhelming servers. You've got to basically detect all the different uh, you know capabilities of servers and uh, what they can support. Uh, there's you know uh, an entire uh just you know broad 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 number of of you know challenges that might seem trivial but uh are actually very complicated and and really what we're doing we're basically running a meta search engine where we are using existing resources so that we can handle the long tail and then we're building a community curated index for basically head queries or queries where we identify that there are challenges with censorship or bias or agendas that are coming through so that we can kind of undo basically things like your your you know uh name for instance honestly it's 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 a travesty what uh is is being done um and so, you know, that would be something where, yeah, the community should be able to step in and say, hey, that's BS or, you know, that's a clear agenda and basically override it. And that's basically the model that we're taking. So we're not even trying at this point to solve the long tail. We're leveraging uh, existing resources for that. It, it would cost, you know, billions of dollars. I, I think Bing spent about $5 billion to build out their long tail uh, index. Right, right. So what's your propeller head background for this kind of stuff and, and and sort of what drew you into the space to begin with 
yeah, so I've been uh, developing, uh, you know, websites and uh, web apps uh, since kind of the late 90s when I was a teenager. Uh, ended up building out another company called shopcity.com that's kind of uh, a, a platform to enable local communities to build their own amazon.com powered by local businesses so it's a marketplace and a directory each community gets its own uh, shop domain name so shopnewyork.com shopboston.com that kind of thing and uh, in 2011 uh, we woke up uh, one morning in the middle of july and all of a sudden all of our google traffic basically was gone and we started trying to figure out what was happening. We were looking for our sites, even by brand. So, you know, shopmidland.com, let's say. Uh, we ended up finding it on page eight of the Google results and uh, realized basically that they had assessed some type of penalty against us. Uh, ended up getting into this whole thing with them. There was an FTC investigation that was ongoing that we participated in. And uh, through kind of, you know, what happened with us, we were able to. Uh, get them to admit that they had assessed a manual penalty so there was somebody who actually went in there it was not algorithmic it was you know some person that said yes those sites are being blocked at the time that wasn't really admitted they had basically said that everything was algorithmic and uh, we were able to get a resolution with with google uh, and then they ended up building out the uh, manual penalty uh, resolution center within google webmaster tools but uh, it really just opened up my eyes to the amount of control that Google has of information on the internet. And I just started thinking that there had to be a way to, uh, you know, really enable all these alternative search engines to have more of a presence. So came up with the concept for pre-search, kind of thought of it as like the Switzerland of search. So it wouldn't just be us uh, having a search engine, it would be a way through a search field that you could easily access, you know, the multitude of search engines that are out there. And uh, so that was kind of how the concept was born. And then in 2017, we realized that we could kind of catalyze it with uh, an Ethereum token. And so that's what we did. And did you ever figure out why somebody hit the check mark on your website to Google? Well, it, it was interesting. And this is where, you know, it goes beyond just, uh, you know, technical uh, considerations, which I think is maybe the only legitimate thing that, that Google might have. They basically said that they didn't like our business model and that they thought that we should run it on one domain, not like all these different domains. And uh, that was what really, you know, at that point, I thought, wow, they are actually making judgments around business models and go-to-market strategies and that to me is kind of outside of the purview of you know technological algorithms so oh sorry was it something like they may have thought that you were trying to game their system by having multiple websites rather than everything under one website well, that, that was kind of, you know, potentially uh, the, the angle that they had uh, given us. But what was really interesting uh, is that right when it happened, uh, you know, uh, about a year before, uh, we ended up partnering with, so Google's in Mountain View, California. Uh, my business partner, Jim, is in Silicon Valley. We ended up hiring a guy named Dan who, who joined the Mountain View Chamber of Commerce uh, to try to, you know, get shopmountainview.com out into uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, the local newspaper ended up uh, seeing it, writing a story about how the chamber was partnering with us to run a Shop Mountain View campaign. Then it turned out that the newspaper publisher was also running a Shop Mountain View campaign, as was the uh, city government. So this is is in kind of the the uh, context of, you know, 2008 and people are trying to recover from that recession. 
and uh, all these uh, places are doing shop local campaigns. And so we ended up partnering with them, uh, you know, the city government, the chamber of commerce, the local newspaper publisher, uh, at, which was basically the model we had been partnering with city governments. Uh, so earlier in 2011, Google launches this Get Your City Online campaign to basically do something very similar. And uh, we were they were also a member of the Mountain View Chamber of Commerce, so they were definitely aware of us. And all of a sudden, you know, all of our sites get blocked. And so we're thinking, okay, is that potentially what it is? Uh, there was no interlinking really between the sites, which is what you would normally do if you were trying to game the system. And we had basically, you know, put in, uh, in addition to, uh, you know, kind of not having things linked, we put into our robots.txt file some other uh, code that would basically absolutely prevent that from being the perception. So to us, there was really no justification, but that was kind of, you know, the angle that they took. So it's, it's I mean, it's a real challenge, right? I mean, you know this probably better than, than anyone, but... Everybody wants freedom until it produces the results they don't like. And then it's like, well, you know, that freedom thing, you know, it was a nice experiment, but I'm afraid it's not producing the radical egalitarianism that we want. And therefore, freedom bad, hate speech, deplatforming, and all that kind of stuff. And this is, of course, the big problem with search engines. It's the media as a whole, sort of two big problems. Number one, of course, is that fear sells and therefore terrifying the population on a regular basis, you know, puts uh, cattle prods into the amygdala, brings people to the sites. And so fear porn is like the ultimate degrading of Western civilization because we're in a constant state of anxiety and shock and 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 appalling. And, and it, this happens on the left and the right. And we just, we click because, oh no, tiger in the backyard, bring the children in, hide in the basement. And you just make a huge amount of money. And, and you can't make much money by not terrifying people. You make a huge amount of money terrifying people. That's sort of the one side. And the other side, of course, is that anytime you have an open architecture for something like searches, it's going to, uh, your income is going to aggregate around, you know, you're going to make 80% of your money from 20% of your customers. Now, those customers are going to have hotlines, right? They're going to have account managers. They're going to have straight up pipelines into the powers that be. And everyone else is like, uh, uh, I guess I could call a lawyer. And, and, you know, like it just becomes really messy. And it's hard to say if it's a feature, it's a bug. It's an inevitability, and so when you've got someplace like Google, and I remember back in, gosh, I'm trying to remember what year it was, but it was really early on, like 2007 or something like that. Um, I, I was doing a lot of work with Google on, on ads and stuff like that. And I do remember being a little blindsided by, you know, back then it's like, what, seven bucks a click? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a lot, right? And I ended up going to other places where it was like a dime a click and actually got much better results. But when you are charging people, your the concentration of your income is just going to manifest itself. And it probably is down to like, you know, 70% of your income coming from like 5% of your customers. And those people are going to have a lot of sway. And you are going to inevitably going to start to to model what you do according to where the highest income is. And in the media, that's fear and anxiety and terror and danger. And in search engines, it is those who have the most profit, have the most money to spend. And frankly, in-house legal departments don't hurt when it comes to dealing with social media companies because then you've got lawyers you're paying anyway. They might as well do something. And so going after these guys for discriminatory practices could be one way that you fill up your in-house legal counsel's time. And so going to the big companies, acceding to their requests and their preferences, sometimes at the expense of small companies, 
it's almost just baked into the entire equation. And I guess my question uh, after a long, windy <laughs> diatribe is, uh, what are you guys doing about that? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, the the thing that really we discovered on top of just Google having massive market power was just how many people had had basically been, you know, blacklisted. Uh, you know, it, it was just, you know, it was it was sad, honestly, uh, discovering, you know, thousands and thousands of small businesses that had, uh, you know, been blacklisted for whatever reason, oftentimes uh, not really any fault of, the, of their own. Uh, you know, businesses that had gone under or that had to lay everybody off, uh, you know, it, throughout kind of the, the history of Google, they've had all these, you know, algorithm updates, you know, Panda, Penguin, all these, you know, uh, animal named updates where all of a sudden they're rejigging their index and then everything changes. And then the people who had kind of built their businesses or their, their you know, access to uh, the consumer through that channel all of a sudden gets completely disrupted. And uh, so, you know, we saw that this had been happening to all these people. And, and really, the, the thing that was uh, bizarre was just exactly what you said, you know, there was nobody to contact, there was no way to get through to somebody, it was all just kind of a firewall around it. And, uh, you know, silence. And uh, I mean, they, they are a little bit more accessible now because they do actually have account managers at the time. Uh, it was all just fully automated and, you know, just a, an online bidding system. And so you were, you know, literally a number. And uh, so when we set out to, to build pre-search really, uh, the key is that, you know, we've got this Telegram community. So it's uh, t.me slash pre-search. Uh, is, is how you get there on a web browser, but it's in the Telegram app. And we've just got like a really kind of open dynamic community where we're very accessible. And, uh, you know, everybody makes mistakes. It's just, you know, an inevitability when you're, you know, doing anything technical or doing anything at scale there, you know, some things are going to uh, happen. And, and so, uh, for us, kind of that, you know, fail safe mechanism where it doesn't ever get to that point of, you know, that we reach with Google is that somebody can go onto Telegram, they can chat in there, and they're basically, you know, one degree of separation from the people who have, have founded the project and are actively working on it. Uh, I mean, I'm in there all the time. Our CTO, Trey, is in there all the time. We've got, uh, you know, administrators that are in there 24 7. And, uh, you know, basically, if there's ever something that, you know, we screw up, we hear about it and then, oh, gosh, so sorry. And then we figure out. And so it's really kind of grassroots, ground up, community oriented. And, uh, you know, we value people. We're not coming at this from the same perspective that a lot of these technologists come at it from, where they try to just have this technological top down solution where everything is fully automated. We really are trying to be more of a human search engine where we're taking into account, uh, you know, the unintended consequences of, of you know, things and uh, trying to make sure that we're able to work with people to resolve any issues. So uh, I think that's, you know, one of the, the key ways that we're different. Well, and uh, this sort of brings me to my most fundamental question, which is how can you be turned to evil? Yeah. Uh, and, and the reason I say that, of course, is that, you know, be, be nice if you were very successful. And, you know, there's almost nothing more dangerous uh, on the Internet as a whole as unexpected success. You know, yes. we're always told you work hard. You can be successful. You can you can make it big. And then, you know, every a-hole on the planet is going to come in you with a laser sword and attempt to serve up your nads in some uh, Chinese restaurant. So 
if if you guys do hit it big and and you know the search engine is growing and I, I do want to get some numbers from you but if you guys do hit it big what is the firewall against oh man these guys are big and influential we got to get some leftists in there man we got to come in through that portal called the hr department and and we're just going to find ways to suppress hate speech and and you know make sure that crazy conspiracy theories don't float to the top and just start that magic mushroom yeah. journey of uh, truthiness that that seems to characterize information delivery systems now yep yep it's 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 a concern absolutely uh, i mean one of the fundamental differences i think with pre-search and you know let's say google or DuckDuckGo. Uh, so those guys, and even Brave, the the browser, uh, I mean, they're all venture capital backed. They have, you know, more of that traditional structure where there is kind of a higher profile, you know, target. Uh, we don't have an HR department, for instance. Um, you know, we're we're uh, you know much more community driven. Everybody's aligned around the same unit of value within the ecosystem, the pre-search token. Uh, you know, we don't have any equity investors. Uh, it's uh, a totally different kind of fundamental uh, architecture for the project uh, versus your your traditional kind of big tech companies. And uh, so we are, you know, basically there to serve the community, uh, the community that has kind of congregated around uh, the project in the early days. And the people who've been able to, you know, accumulate pre-search tokens over time, or you know, through uh, significant, you know, either effort or or purchasing, they've generally tended to be, you know, freedom and liberty-minded. Those are the people that we've basically attempted to uh, recruit to the project through our marketing, our positioning, uh, the events that we've been participating in, the people that we've been sponsoring, and so you know, our whales are people who are very freedom and liberty minded. So it's gonna be pretty hard to unseat that. Uh, you know, it's possible to think, oh, you know, could Google come in and, you know, buy up a whole bunch of pre-search tokens and start to gain some inordinate uh, influence within the ecosystem or, you know, some other type of organization. I mean, it's possible, but it's pretty unlikely just based on, uh, you know, a lot of as well, you know, people have, have supported the project more for the ethos and more for the vision than they have just, you know, a financial opportunity. And so a lot of people uh, have said, you know, hey, I'm never selling my research tokens. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for, you know, the next 20 years because we're building out something that's going to combat the challenges that we've identified within the internet ecosystem. And so, I mean, it's definitely possible uh but uh you know as far as i'm concerned uh you know i'm i'm in it more for the the vision i'm not really in it for uh the financial opportunity uh it's been more about uh how do we do something that we can be proud of that is going to help turn this tide that we've seen over the past 20 years just kind of going you know downhill it's 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 we're in a race to the bottom right now on so many different fronts and if we don't turn that around, uh, we're in this dystopian police state that is just, you know, absolutely terrifying. And we need to figure out a way to create a different uh, outcome and uh, leverage this really huge opportunity. I mean, the Internet obviously is where it's at. And uh, search is really, you know, Google has the most profitable business model in history, kind of the best online business model. This is a very similar model. So there's potentially, you know, 
a lot of uh, kind of uh, ability to leverage resources for good. And so uh, that's why I'm drawn to it. And, and most of the team and uh, our supporters are the same way. Well, it sort of reminds me of the movie Matrix, where Neo starts off by looking at a screen. It's like, but that's all it is. Yep. But that's all like the rest of it with the kickboxing and, and flying helicopters and stuff. That was kind of cool. But it's just that to me, the world is kind of divided and two kinds of people, right? Well, first is those who own crypto and those who are uh, into the cuckbox. But uh, the second is those who use mainstream media and search engines and they get a particular and very warped view of reality. I'm just reading Cheryl Atkinson's book uh, Slanted for just how unbelievably biased the media is. And that's certainly been my experience. I mean, way back in the day, I'd wander into a meeting with a reporter like, well, I know you're not my friend, but I'm sure you're going to try to be objective. And it's like, nope, <laughs> it's not going to happen, never going to happen in a million years. And so the reality that people experience who use mainstream media and search engines is so different from the reality. And, and I would really invite people to do this. You know, you can go to Google, whose original motto was do no evil dot 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 yet. But um, uh, go, go to Google, search for stuff, go to other engines, uh, go to pre-search and, and search for stuff. It's wildly different. It's wildly, wildly different. And it's not even the same picture with different interpretations. You know, like you could see a picture of your girlfriend hugging a guy until you find out it's her brother. You're all mad, right? And you, it's the same picture, just right. different interpretations. It's not even the same picture. It's not even the same planet. It's not even the same reality. Uh, my daughter and I did this experiment like... Women can and do anything, be magnificent, be amazing, you know. <laughs> Men can be women, uh, be neurotic. And it's, it's all so curated that you're not in a fact universe. You are in a programmed universe, you know. I mean, you, you think the programming that Google does is on their computers. No, 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 no. <laughs> what the programming they do is on you. And, and that differentiation, you know, the, the bigger that the alternative search engines get, the more at least there is a pushback against this sort of mainstream narrative. And, and those of us who are pursuing this kind of calling look generally and genuinely insane to people around you. It's like, hey, man, you could make a lot more money if you didn't touch these topics, but you could make a lot more money if you worked for Google. You could, Okay, you, you got to live. I get all of that. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, we, we got to have more than just more. You know, we got to have more than just more stuff. We got to have actually some retention of value and free speech and virtue and, and goodness and, and truth and light and reason in this world. And, you know, it, it bothers me because all of the good stuff that we have in our life, the free markets, free speech, the remains thereof, came because people were insane according to the standards of their time and stood up for things that cost them enormously so that we could get this stuff. And now we've got all this great stuff. We're like, hey, man, thanks for working, granddad. It was really great that you worked 12 hours. But, you know, I want to go and buy every game on PS5 that I'm never going to play. And sorry, that's where all your money went. But, hey, man, thanks for stuffing your ass up a chimney for 12 hours a day. I'm blowing it all. I'm squandering it all. And that's really um, kind of annoying. It's kind of inevitable because we're so materially programmed to want more and more. But if it's a mission that you guys are on, you know, you get your, your Blues Brothers glasses, you get your pack of cigarettes, you get a, your, your beater and, and you, you know, we're on a mission from God, we're on a mission from virtue. And if that is the core of the culture, that's pretty tough to shake, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, uh, you know, went down the rabbit hole uh, quite a while ago, you know, 15, 16 years ago. Uh, I kind of approached the rabbit hole from a totally different standpoint. Honestly, I thought that I, you know, and it was a very mainstream standpoint. And 
uh, I thought that I was was very informed and and educated and knew <laughs> I my thought history. we won World War Two anyway. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then as I started just, you know, peeling back the onion, I, I just started realizing how many things I was completely wrong about and how many of my perceptions had been set by people with an agenda that ultimately I didn't agree with. And uh, it was a, a real eye opener and, uh, you know, kind of anticipated that we would end up in the situation that we're in right now. They've basically told us, you know, straight up kind of what the the ultimate destination is for all this stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the China social credit system is quite terrifying and, you uh, you know, the all the ways that that can be used to uh, control people and uh, uh, end up with a very compliant populace that ultimately is just there to, you know, fulfill the, uh, you know, visions and dreams of the elite. Uh, it's, it's, you know, quite different than, uh, let's say, you know, the potential that we've had over the past hundred years in our, you know, free or at least, you know, semi-free uh, environment to, you know, be who we want and to uh, explore different points of view and to, uh, yeah, just have a more, you know, uh, wholesome uh, life and uh, be able to just really reach our human potential. Uh, that That is, you know, starting to just really, uh, in my view, kind of narrow down. And uh, uh, yeah, I think we need to, uh, uh, you know, go as far as we can with decentralized technology and uh, hopefully uh, you know it is uh, able to continue to access you know what appears to right now be a free and open internet um, and uh, and that you know we can kind of help more people uncover information and different points of view that uh, you know might conflict with the general narrative but might resonate more with what they actually, you know, feel and identify as humans as, as being, you know, more accurate and more verifiable. So uh, that's, you know, what I'm hoping we're going to be able to help people accomplish. Oh, yeah. I've got atheist friends who are like, you know, the Bible is, is just narrative. It's not really true. Hey, what's on CNN? It's like, dude, dude, <laughs> at least the Bible's got some good morals. CNN will just <laughs> ride you off the cliff. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is it is really sad, you know, I mean, that the 2006 to 2016, the sort of glory days of free speech on the Internet uh, are long in the rear view. And and people sort of forget 1984. They think it's sort of big brother. And, but the, the 1984 was founded on screens. It was found that was that was how they controlled you was through screens, right through the telescreen in your uh, room and and following everything that you did and, and controlling history, erasing the past. I mean, all of that is, you know, Winston Smith was a guy, but all of that's being done by computers now uh, at the moment. And it is, um, you know, everything that's great gets turned to crap by jerks. I mean, that's sort of my fundamental philosophy these days. And, you know, the fact that you guys seem to be not jerks <laughs> in the not jerk column <laughs> seems very good. Okay, so let's let's close off with some practicalities because yep. I think a lot of people don't even know. Like, you know, you have a choice about what happens when you type into the window of your browser. You know, if it goes to Google, you can just go to your options. You can change your default search engine. So let's go through some sort of practical steps about what it is that people can do to start using your service, to, to sign up for the coins, to uh, change defaults on their browsers and so on. Awesome. Yeah, great points. Uh, so yeah, basically, there's two ways to use it. If you don't want to uh, log in, uh, you can do so and just go to presearch.org. Uh, 
and, uh, and just run normal searches like you would with Google. We've basically implemented kind of all these different, there's more than a hundred different search engines and resources. So you don't have to search through just our search engine. You can choose all the different ones if you wanna get different points of view, different perspectives, different interfaces. Uh, if you want to earn pre-search tokens as you search, then you can create an account. It's just uh, an email address and a password. Uh, we don't store any queries. It's very, uh, you know, privacy focused. Uh, so uh, it's just presearch.org. If you want to change your defaults, uh, if you're on a laptop or a desktop, easiest way, if you go to presearch.org/extensions, you can just install browser extensions for all the most common web browsers. Uh, on mobile, we are preparing to release uh, a new app on iOS that's basically uh, a web browser. Uh, because uh, that environment is fairly controlled. You can't set a new search engine uh, through Safari if you're on iOS or even Brave browser. Uh, they've just got you know five re resources that you can choose from. And so uh, we're doing it that way. On Android, you are able to change your default search engine uh, just under your, your settings. So you can go in there and change it to uh, pre-search. But easiest way is to go just to uh, t.me slash pre-search. That's our... Uh, online community on Telegram, and then any questions you have, any help you need, you can go in there and ask. And real humans, uh, not just people that are, you know, uh, on on a payroll, will be able to answer. It's a, a free and open, uncensored community. You can go in there and, you know, ask tough questions, uh, ask uh, any questions that you uh, might have to uh, make decisions and to, uh, yeah, ultimately change your defaults, and then uh, search through pre-search. And the queries that you would send to a more mainstream search engine would be anonymized for the end user. Is that correct? Exactly. Yep. So they come in, they hit uh, what we call a node gateway that basically anonymizes everything. Then that distributes the query out to the uh, nodes that are running on uh, user computers and uh, user servers. And then they go out, they grab all the information and then send it back to us. So, yep, totally anonymized. Okay, and uh, we had just talked that uh, you uh, had just bought a new website name or a new URL. Uh, did you want to mention that or is it uh, premature? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's coming out this week. I don't know when this is uh, going to air, but uh, yes, finally uh, picked up the, the .com. So uh, pretty excited about that. Presearch.com. And, and for those of you who've never week. gone shopping for websites, oof. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was saying uh, just before we, we started, I went from free domain radio to free domain and I was like, ah, Come on, free domain. It's not that common, and I'm now short one kidney uh, to to have free domain. So I appreciate your commitment to the uh, URL. So uh, yeah, pre-search. Uh, just just look at, look them up, and uh, it's it's well worth looking into. I mean, the, you, we we got to do each individual little things. Uh, you know, they're they're big in the terms of our life. They may be little globally, but you know that think locally, act globally stuff that comes out yes. of the environmental movement. I think is really really good. Uh, I do appreciate your time today. I wish you the very best, best of luck with the venture. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very keen on any search engine that, you know, returns something other than Satan when, when people search for me, because it doesn't seem particularly fair or objective. But uh, thanks for your time today, Colin. It was a great pleasure to chat. Yeah, thanks you as well, Stefan. Take care.